So this is a great passage for Catholics because first of all, how many times, I've said this a couple times before, but this miracle of feeding the multitudes, is it in the Bible? But I bet you don't remember. Six times. Now there's different variations in the numbers of people, 4,000 versus 5,000. But basically the feeding of the 5,000 is the only miracle other than the resurrection in all four gospels. That's pretty, that's amazing. So already you see there's some importance here. Okay. The whole laughable denial of the Catholic faith by non-Catholics such as, you know, the real miracle was Jesus getting selfish people to share. That was the real miracle. <laughs> no, no. Uh, the loaves multiplied. Jesus multiplied them. These other people are saying, nah, 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 nah. The loaves didn't multiply. The real miracle was Jesus got people to share. Well, if you got just a few loaves and you got 5,000 people, all you would be able to share is a minuscule crumb. So this, no, 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 no. So what's going on here? Okay, Jesus tried to get away, but he had compassion on the people. We should never try to run away from those who need compassion. That's one of the things that we do. We shouldn't. You know, it seems here that the apostles forgot about Jesus' other miracles. It always seems baffling to us, doesn't it? How come the apostles didn't see this? Jesus said how many times certain things? Well, anyway, it's amazing because they must have forgotten these other miracles because they still didn't trust. What do I mean? All right. If they remembered Cana, which happened before this, they should have asked Jesus to meet the need, not send the people away. Just like he did at Cana, they're out of wine. Instead of telling the wedding people, go home now, they basically, Mary said, Jesus, meet the need of the people. The apostles were there. They should have seen it and said the same way, Jesus, meet the need of the people. And that's where he prepared the wine. The wine. Now, what does he prepare? The bread. What is in the Catholic Mass? We prepare the wine and the bread. It is blessed. What did Jesus say here? It says right here, taking the five loaves, looked up to heaven and said the blessing. He's blessing the bread. What's he preparing it for? The Eucharist. Just at Cana, he blessed the wine. What's he preparing it for? The precious blood. This is Catholic. Oh, Father, there's no mass in the Bible. Nowhere does it say this in the Bible, that the Eucharist, I don't see where it says the Eucharist in the Bible. You just read it. You just read it. So this is important. At Cain, he did the wine. Now he does the bread. And the apostles asked, we're in this remote place. Can anyone get enough bread to feed these people? What does Jesus say? He says, yeah, we will. Now, what's interesting is the Israelites faced the same situation in the desert, right? And what did God give them in the desert? Manna. 
bread from heaven. And now Jesus himself will give them the true bread. And he will feed this crowd. You know, Jesus in the gospel is always presented as the new Moses, like at the transfiguration. He climbed a mountain. What does Jesus do here? Right after the transfiguration, here we see Jesus meeting this. In fact, I think if I'm right, maybe I'm wrong. I think the transfiguration comes after this. I think that's right. This comes before the transfiguration. What's going on here? What happens in the transfiguration? Jesus meets Moses on a mountain. What's going on here? Jesus now is on a mountain. You know, when I went to the Holy Land with Stephen Ray, we went to the Sea of Galilee. And they have pretty good, pretty much proven where this would have taken place. There's only one natural grassy place there on the Sea of Galilee, and it says Jesus had them lay down on the grass, and it's up. And it would have made sense because of the way the hills are that his voice could have promulgated out to so many people. It was surreal standing right where we pretty much positively believe Christ did this. I, 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 I'm, I'm still blown away when I think about standing there. The image is vivid in my mind. The green grass, the, the blue water of the Sea of Galilee. Oh, unreal. But basically, this is what Jesus is doing. He went up the mountain. Now he has a shining face feeding the people. This is like Moses. This miracle shows what Christ is doing. He's getting ready to reward those who follow him. Did he go outside those 5,000 people and say, let me go give this bread to the sinners down the street? Well, although the sinners are free to come to him, he's not going to force his will. But he's rewarding those 5,000 people who followed him. Now, we don't have 5,000 people here today. We probably got 30 in the back. But Christ is getting ready to reward you in the same way. And if you, in the live stream, you go to your parish, you too will be rewarded in the same way. Christ is getting to reward those who follow him. You came here seeking Jesus. He will reward you too with food. He will feed you the bread of life. So, I like this part. This is interesting to me. We all know the disciple is helpless without Jesus. That's a given. But in a way, the Lord is helpless without his disciples. Yes, God can do anything, but he chose to work through the hands and feet of his people. That's why the Marian fathers and all our Marian helpers are the hands and feet of Jesus. Jesus did not distribute this bread. The apostles did. He says, come to me as you are. Bring to me what little you have and I will use it. Doesn't matter how broken you are. God can use you. This is amazing. He needs people to come and give what they have, no matter how small. Remember the widow with the two coins? Very fascinating. He needs people to whom he can give so that they can give to others. That's who the 12 apostles were. He needed 12 apostles that he could teach them so they could go teach the world, so he could give them the bread, so they could go give it to the world. Jesus said, they have no need to go. 
You feed them. Who is he talking to? The first priests. <clears throat> he says this so we'll understand. <clears throat> when the poor ask us for help, we too should give to them, like the apostles. Jesus gives to us, we should give to others, especially those in need. This is given. But what I like here is we see the Mass. Notice the lines there. He gave thanks, said the blessing. That's the Eucharistic prayer. Breaks the bread. I mean, that's the Eucharistic prayer. Said the blessing, breaks the bread, and gives it to them. Now, here's what's interesting, though. He distributes it to his apostles. This is interesting. So Jesus first provides the wine at Cana, blesses it, prepares it. It's going to be the precious blood. Now he provides the bread, blesses it, distributes it. You got the mass going on here. It's amazing. Now, it's not fully instituted yet because he hasn't had the Last Supper. But this is a foreshadowing. Jesus uses these real things of everyday life, like bread and wine, that was the most staple, to sanctify them, just like we do in the sacraments. Now, interesting, Jesus gave to the disciples, and the disciples gave to the crowd. They were the priests. What does this remind you of? It's God's will that this heavenly food be distributed through the priests. I don't need to go to the church and receive some piece of bread from some priest. Well, gee, that's exactly how Jesus set it up. If one of those 5,000 people wanted to eat, they had to come to him. You're coming here. And you had to receive that bread from the priest. That's what the church is. I don't see the church in scripture. Well, open the scriptures. Here it is. Fascinating. This prefigures the miracle of the Eucharist given by the priests, like the apostles gave it. Jesus blessed it, broke it, and gave it to them. Here, Jesus blesses it through the priest, breaks it, and it will be given to you. But Jesus didn't hand it to them himself, although he could have. He chose to do it through his apostles, the first priests. Fascinating. And so here the people were hungry for something more than just physical food. You know, our bodies got to eat. Nobody here has gone a full week without eating, probably. So why would you make your soul go through more than a full week without it being fed? Your body needs to eat. Your soul needs to eat. This is the Eucharist. It's the same with us. You know, even the precious blood. When the first thing I did um, when I was informed about assuming this new role here at the Marian Fathers is I begged the Lord to pour the precious blood on me to protect me, uh, to protect our province, to protect our entire congregation and to protect the church. To, to look at a powerful element, the precious blood has it all. You've heard me say the four big devotions in the Catholic Church are the Sacred Heart of Jesus, First Fridays, the Immaculate Heart of Mary, First Saturdays, Divine Mercy, because that shows the precious blood, and that's the fourth one, the precious blood. You do those four devotions, you have it all. You have it all. 
And the precious blood is incredibly powerful. And so we see that here. So I ask the Lord, please pour the precious blood to protect me, as I said, the province, the community, the church. And so why is this so important? Because people are looking in the wrong places for the same thing. You know, why is there such a fascination amongst teenagers for vampires? I never could understand, especially a few years ago, zombies and vampires. I've said this before, but I went up, there was a youth retreat that I was given for confirmation. And the teenage girls that were talking all about these vampires, vampires, this is a big thing. And so I asked one of the girls, you know, just curious, what is it that is so fascinating that all the girls are into this Twilight series? I don't even remember what it was called then. And she said, oh, yeah, the fact that you could drink blood and live forever like a vampire. A vampire drinks blood and lives forever. I'm like, hello, that's the mass. Drink the precious blood, live forever. It's not a vampire, it's a disciple. So we're looking for this spiritual lifeline, this spiritual life in the bread and the, and the, uh, the, uh, the body and the blood. And yet our youth are running off to vampires. It shows that innate in their spirit, they're searching for the truth. It shows in their, in their very being, they're striving to find the truth. And the truth is it's not in a vampire because you drink blood and live forever. It's in the mass that you drink blood and live forever. This is John 6. Unless you eat my body and drink my blood, you have no life in you. He who drinks my blood shall live forever. Wow. I think the vampires were just another one of the devil's mockeries. Just like beads at Mardi Gras are mockery of the rosary beads. Just like fraternities are mockery of religious communities. We have it all right here. It's fascinating if you ask me. So a lot of times we seek miracles and we don't need to because the biggest miracle of ever is right here on this altar. Every day, somewhere around the world, every minute of every day, there's a miracle. You don't need to seek great miracles, but you know, sometimes God will give them. There was a miracle at the Lord's Ranch. Father John Larson was telling me about when I was a postulant. And I think they have video of it. But they had one large ham and they thought, well, if we cut smaller pieces, we could feed about 30 people off of this one large ham. And they thought they were only gonna have about 30 people some of the homeless and the local hungry. So here comes 300 people. And my understanding, this was verified by many people at the Lord's Ranch. I think it's in Texas or New Mexico or something. And I believe there's actually a video of this. You might even be able to find it on YouTube. 
and they were filming this ham. And they started cutting it and gave it to the first person, cutting it and gave it to the second person, cutting it and gave it to the third person. They fed all 300. That ham never ran out. It kept cutting and giving, cutting and giving. More meat kept coming from that one ham till all the people were fed and there was leftover ham. God never ceases to amaze us. And even there, you can see a miracle, a multiplication. But we don't have to look any further than the mass. So the next time you have more guests at your dinner party and you're upset because God didn't multiply the dinner rolls, don't get discouraged because the true miracle is right here. We need to go no further. Although sometimes, as I just said, with the ham and others, he's shown miracles. It nonetheless is a gift of the biggest miracle, that of the Eucharist. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content, which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit divinemercyplus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's divinemercyplus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.